Hello everyone and welcome to episode one of this brand new Elvis Presley podcast, Viva Los Elvis. I'm absolutely ecstatic to start this. This is something I've wanted to do for some time now. And I am joined by a very special guest today. This gentleman is a well-known hairdresser. He is a star of Turcast and Hair Social. It is my brother, of course, Mr. Simon Townley. Hello, mate. How are you? Yes, I'm all right. How are you doing, brother? I'm very well, mate. Thanks for uh, inviting me on to the episode one. It's something that we've been pushing for for a while now. And what better time to do it in lockdown? Yes, definitely. Absolutely made up to do this. Yeah. Uh, well, well, tell us what about what's going to happen in season one. Sorry. So we're going to look into the real story of Elvis Presley. Of course, we're going to probably do some reviews on certain albums, books, and things. But it is the real story of Elvis Presley. You know, there is a lot of fan podcasts out there, but you know, I want this to be more of a genuine podcast you know and my own opinions and of course the listeners opinions as well with this you know what they thought of certain situations what elvis went through absolutely this is about your history of elvis how you was inspired by elvis but equally we want to hear what you thought of elvis how did you get involved with elvis tell us your stories underneath in the video but yeah so this is episode one i think we're going to try a six-part series is that correct so we will be doing a six-part series everyone like you say you know what better time to do this than in lockdown Obviously, as many of you know, I'm a massive Elvis, massive Elvis fan. We've got two and a half thousand people on my page, which is absolutely unbelievable. So thank you, everybody. And, you know, this this is a way to get us through lockdown and take all our interest together about Mr. Elvis Presley. Yeah, communication, get talking. It's all about talking to each other at the minute. It's a lonely old world in our conservatories as I am in your spare room <laughs> or studio. Sorry, studio. In my studio. Yeah. So let's talk about this then. So obviously we've got to go into other episodes where we talk about the songs and we're going to do that in this episode as well. But I, I just want people to know the horse. Some people obviously are, follow you on the page. Other people man, have never seen you before. But tell us who you are and, and what do you do for a living? So yeah, my name is Jared Lee, everybody. I am, of course, an Elvis tribute artist. Uh, random fact for you, a fact of the day, should I say. I do have the same birthday as Elvis Presley. January the 8th. So what better company to be in? Yeah. That's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And I have now been performing my Elvis tribute for 11 years. 11 years wow. November just gone. Yeah, and it's been a roller coaster ride to say the least. We've had ups, downs, sideways, triangles, whatever you can think of. But yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's been an interesting career to say the least. Yeah, so obviously being your brother, I've seen it all, and I, and I am not necessarily an Elvis fan, but what I am a fan of is a huge fan of Jared Lee. Uh, I've been to watch, you know, where I can. I've been to majority of your big gigs where I can. Um, apart from one in the US, but we'll go into that later on. Yes. So that's exciting. Uh, but yeah, I want to hear everything. I want to hear the laws, the ha the has, how you was inspired, how you was, you know, thinking of coming out at some points. Um, if you were, that is. Um, so yes, yeah, so I want to go there. So let's start from the beginning. Born 1993, January the 8th. Elvis Presley reincarnated. No, I'm not joking. Um, we have Jared Lee, and then from it was quite an early age, if I remember correctly. What what was the first song that you sort of thought I like this? I like this guy, and and sort of recognise who he was as a as a person. Yeah. Well, the story started. Um, obviously, Granddad used to live across the road from us. And I must have only been about four year old, three, four year old. I wasn't very old. And I went across to see my granddad. And as I walked in the front room, Elvis was on TV. And granddad was in the kitchen. And it was a clip from the Ed Sullivan show. And um, Elvis was singing too much, um, if I remember correctly. And then all I remember is running into the kitchen and going, Granddad, Elvis is on telly. 
and that's sort of how it started then and then you know it's, you start then with the uh, finding the cds especially as a you know when i got to about five or six i remember mum having a cd and that's where it all started then all the listening and do you remember the song now? yeah too much too much see i don't i don't recognize obviously every i recognize the songs as you sing them but i don't recognize every yeah. elvis song so like what what was it was it a guitar thing that inspired you that first caught your eye? Was it the quiff? Because obviously think, a hairdresser inspires yeah. me. I think it was what he was wearing. Because in the clip of Elvis doing that, he's got, um, like, we've got the picture of me in the velvet shirt. So he's got this velvet shirt on and, uh, like, a gold lame waistcoat. And I think it must have been the sparkly waistcoat. Something. It, it just attracted me straight away to the point where I was like, wow, mind blown. And then straight into the kitchen to the granddad to say, Elvis Presley's on telly. The glitz moment. of the glamour. So obviously you yeah. got into Elvis. I remember you playing Elvis, and it was, what's interesting, <laughs> I, I have a confession to make because obviously young lads we lived in the same house, and he yeah. blasted Elvis out. And I'm talking like before teenage years, where you blast out Gram or or R and B or whatever <laughs> they all listen to. You were blasting out Elvis Presley so much so that I do hair for people that are in the neighbourhood that used to say they could hear you from a street away. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you that, but no, basically. I, I remember thinking, why is why is he into Elvis Presley, for example? And yeah. why, why, you know, I even said to you, you might even need to sort of think about this job role that you're doing, Jerry, dressing up as Elvis, as 16-year-old, I think yeah, it was, did, when yeah. I first... And I, and I remember saying that, I don't know if you do it. Lo and behold, I'll hold my hands up, mate. You've you've travelled the world, you've won money, you've, you're getting paid post and pre-lockdown, hopefully. Um, Post-lockdown, <laughs> sorry. Then... You know, you've done incredible things in a short period of time, and that's yeah. down to the man himself, Elvis Presley, but also down to you and your passion. So, when did you start getting your stage gear on, if you will? Yeah, so it started the first time I ever dressed up as Elvis, and um, as well as at school, you know, when you'd have your leave for your GCSEs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was around these care homes, and a friend of mine helped me, and I used to take my PA system. PA, I say PA system. It's that glitz and glamour. It was a stereo where you plug your microphone in. <laughs> it walked in with a boombox on his shoulder. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And like you say, one of my friends used to come with me, James. And uh, and then mum bought me for my, I think it was my 16th birthday, was an Elvis jumpsuit uh, from one of the um, costume shops. You know, one of these like cheap 30 yeah. pound ones. That Vegas yeah, style. That sort of, yeah, with the little uh, gems on it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I look back now and cringe a bit. <laughs> but at the time, obviously, I remember just walking out of that first care on gig, and people going, wow, look at that. And, it's, and it just steamrolled from there, from doing them care homes to daycare centres and things, and to obviously now, but yeah. That's yeah, to a pair of living. We're going to jump a bit there, because obviously that's, that's exciting, that's the thing, that's what's getting your... Sorry, I hit the microphone there. That's what's getting your drive to be an Elvis. Mm. This is where we want to be. Uh, and this is where you probably thought, this is my career. Mm. Interestingly, though, that actually inspired my career. And I know it's not about me, the podcast. But you were coming to me with quiffs and huge mm -hmm. hairdos that was not in trend, on trend 11, 12 years ago. Mm. Um, and I, and so I was inspired. I started looking at Elvis pictures thinking, how the f do I create these pictures and I was yeah. looking through them and, and it made me a better hairdresser I must say and I've obviously enjoyed my career oh, and I've done some incredible things no it is it is and, 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 and Elvis Presley inspires people that aren't even interested in Elvis Presley initially 
you know, from the fashion, from the singing, from the rock and roll, there's so much more to me as a non-Elvis fan to than there is to you as well. There's there's a lot more that goes out of it. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so now we're going on to your sort of career path then. So you've took your Elvis career, you're on the road, you've got your little wagon and you're driving around. <laughs> you ain't got a wagon. Uh, but yeah, tell us about your first sort of proper gig then. The first proper gig was November 2009. I classed that as my first proper show because it was the first ever ticket show I did at the press room at Burnley Mechanics. And that was the first time where the show had become more professional from obviously like six months before where I had the cheap jumpsuit on. You know what I mean? I think because I was watching a lot more Elvis tributes at that point as well. And, you know, I was messaging a lot of the more well-known guys asking for advice. That was the first time I took it as a professional step. So, I, you know, I had a decent outfit on. I think I had a, the flower shirt, a lot of people, Elvis hands on all that. And obviously, that's when I realised that, yeah, you can do it professionally. And So you are, obviously, we've clarified this, a professional tribute artist or a tribute yeah. to Elvis. Um, and interestingly, you know, like when you go to your first gig or your first concert, mm-hmm. no matter who it is, and you yeah. turn up there and you come away and there's always that one song that you can't stop singing, isn't there? That, there's that one song that sticks you, you sang 20 songs for you but there's always that one that was your favourite and that, that reminds you of that concert what was the sort of song that you sang in your first concert That you, sorry your first paid gig that you think that's the one that you look back at and think oh god I sang that at, at Burnley Mechanics <laughs> Polk Salad Annie Polk Salad that song has been in every show <laughs> since <laughs> the start since I started gigging but yeah I think that's probably that one because I remember just dancing around like a bit of a nutter <laughs> to say the least but yeah I think that is one of them and then obviously you've got the hit list as well like Suspicious Minds um, well, let's, yeah, let's start with that Pork Salad Annie right? because I'm interested about this song because I have never ever heard that song by Elvis on my radio yeah. any time of life I've only heard it in my house because you've played it on the radio um, in the car on the way to work when we, we work together sometimes or you singing it that they're the only times I've heard this song now I would never have been introduced to this song if it wasn't for you so mm-hmm. was that high energy level the performance of Pork Salad Annie was that in every single Elvis song that Tammy interpreted that song sorry yeah there was always the the song did get shorter um, so originally it was rock by a guy called Tony Joe White and it was more you get it's a similar style you know a bit of a jam yeah. Um, and then Elvis completely changed it, especially with the dance break and the big massive bass solos. But as a so Elvis started doing that nineteen seventy, end of sixty nine, nineteen seventy. And then as we go through the years the song gets shorter. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's less dancing but the, at the end it was you do like a one there's like a one minute we'll call it a dance break, that's the yeah. easiest way to explain it. Um and then but then he'd add like big massive meaty bass solos in there, you know, grind your teeth kind of things. Yeah, no, it's, it's some serious energy that, isn't it? Let's be fair. I mean, did, did, by then, did they have like dance choreographers? No, Elvis was one of them. He just went off how he felt. And the drummer, Ronnie Tut, always said that. He always just used to watch Elvis. So if Elvis had do something with his arm, it'd be straight on a cymbal or whatever Elvis did following the rhythm, he'd follow, obviously, with Elvis. Well, listening to Port Salad, I want to feel how Elvis felt that day because he put some serious <laughs> energy into that. Like... See, that is one of the things as well because Elvis was still doing Port Salad in 1977, the year he passed away. And a lot of people say Elvis didn't really move, you know, towards the end of his life. 
but there is footage out there of him still doing polk down and still you know shaking an arm and yeah you know get, getting into it that's incredible isn't it like, and, and i know that this isn't necessarily the time that we're talking about now but it's one of the earlier pictures we have of you uh and it's just on the screen now elvis Wow. <laughs> I call you Elvis. Sorry, for people that don't know, that's uh, I call Jared Elvis. So I'm just going to shove that over I there. Elvis so can... in his phone book. Yeah, he is. So there we go. So we shove him over there. So tell me about this picture. Where's this? That was Bridlington 2010. I think it was February 2010. Yeah. So that's how long I've been doing bridge for. That was the first year they'd ever done it. So I've been going, what, eight years by the time it took me to get that first win. But yeah, that was the first big professional competition I'd ever done. Didn't know what to Ooh. expect. I knew one of the Elvises there because I'd spoke to him for a bit. Um, and mum said, there's this new competition. And uh, so we went out and bought that suit and uh, I thought, right, we'll give it a go. Whatever happens, happens. But it'd be a, an amazing experience, which it turned out to be. It did, mate. It did. It's incredible. I, I've been myself twice to watch, you know, yeah. uh, at Bridlington. Again, a big, uh, not necessarily a big Elvis fan, uh, and and seeing the world of Elvis hmm. that is that is around there is is you know it's incredible. I mean, I have never as I hope this podcast <laughs> comes across as respectful because I am meaning to be nothing but respectful. But I have never been down a beach or a promenade or a seafront before and seen so many black quiffs with <laughs> normal clothes, uh, Elvis jumpsuits. Literally everything, sort of thing. But the head from the neck up, they all look the same. It's um, it was incredible, sort of moment in my life that I probably will never forget. I'm not saying it was positive or negative, but I will never forget it. So yeah, so you've done your Bridlington, um, and obviously that's that's incredible, really. Just to start there, and how old were you again there? 2009, sorry, 11. Uh, no, 2010 it was. I was seven, just turned 17. Well, 17 so 17 yeah. you entered into the tribute well now I, I, don't, I haven't prepped you for this we've had no sort of build up for this because I wanted it to be real and raw and have a proper conversation yeah. about Elvis and the, the world of Elvis so tell me about um, the tribute sort of competition well because it, mm. it is fiery mate from what I've seen there yeah. is everything it is an episode of Coronation Street sometimes it is crazy <laughs> so tell I'm me both... about it like, how have you found it yeah I will say Bridlington, I don't say it's just because obviously I managed to win, but that is one of the only comps I've been every year, like every year, even last, even obviously not last year, the year before going, um, not even not even to enter. And that is one of the only comps where everyone just gets along. There's no egos, there's no nothing. And it's just a lovely vibe. And you know, even with the producers and just the staff around the spa, and I think that is one of my favorite comps and that's one I will go to. Um, even not to enter, just because I enjoy the camaraderie between everyone. Um, but it's like anything in it, really, you know. Like any walk of life, some people get along, some people don't. You know, and obviously, the one thing we all do have is a big, um, you know, interest in Elvis Presley. And some people take competitions more than others. You know, some people just enter to have some fun, sing some songs, see some friends, because that's one thing I do enjoy about it, is seeing my mates again, you know, which you might not necessarily see for some time. You know, because obviously we're all working and stuff. So we'll jump we'll, we'll ahead. Tell me a bit more about this picture, Elvis. That is one of my uh, proudest achievements right there. Uh, that Why gentleman is that? with me, that gentleman with me is Charles Storm. He was Elvis's tour manager in the seventies. Absolutely mm -hmm. lovely gentleman. And uh, just a quick one before I go into the award, he still had the original TCB necklace, what Elvis gave him around his neck, and I thought that was cool. I got to shake his hand. Um, 
But after the Bridlington performance, because I made the finals in that, and obviously I must have obviously liked what I did. I think it's because as well, I was young, I was new. Yeah. Obviously something probably a bit different. Um, I got an email saying we'd like to give you an award, uh, the Gold Army Award, which is at Porth Call. And you get, um, you sing two songs to backing tracks. Charles Stone then comes out, gives you the award, and then you'll do four songs with Red Alert. Um, shout out to Red Alert, one of my favourite Elvis backing bands. And shout out to the drummer in Red Alert. Yeah, he's not there anymore. He's not with them oh. anymore. Yeah, um, he was a guy who was trying to cuddle. Yeah, <laughs> but this was the—I don't know if you can really see it that well um, because of the ring light. But uh, I'm trying. No, I can see it enough. Yeah, can uh, see it so enough. this was the award I got—the Gold Army Award, uh, the Elvis 2010, which is a pop call, which was awarded to me by uh, Mr. Charles Storm. Charles Storm. What was Charles Storm again? Sorry, he was Elvis's tour manager in the tour 70s. manager. Awesome. Yeah, he was a, yeah, he was a really nice guy as well, and. Like I say, it was just nice to meet him, you know, especially to meet someone who knew Elvis and just even have a, just a little conversation. That was a uh, cool moment, definitely. Now like you say, one cool. of my proudest achievements. Yeah, I just want to jump in, really, because, um, sorry to interrupt you, though, but I want to jump in because if you don't follow Jared's Facebook page, and this is a shameless plug, but the reason I'm saying it, it'll come to fruition in a second. If you go to facebook.com slash Jared Lee Live, um, he does a little quiz at the weekends. Now, again, I, I go to support him. I, I watch it. Um, again, not necessarily an interest in Elvis, just to support my brother. And one of the things that I did pick up, and I learned a lot about Elvis for you, is that he did over 600 live tours, was it? Uh, over 600 live sh- consecutive sold-out shows. Sorry, the, shows, I meant to say. Yeah. That was in Las Vegas. Yeah, the mo- uh, 600-odd uh, consecutive sold-out shows. I, I mean that's incredible. I don't know how many artists can say they've done that, if any. I don't actually know. No, I think it's I think it's still a record today. That's from nineteen sixty nine to nineteen seventy six. That was. That tour manager who gave you that award, mate. Fair play to because he must be knackered because that was some busy shift <laughs> that in the seventies. So well done yeah, to him. But yeah, you know he did he did a lot for Elvis, and I can't imagine like you said then how knackered he must have been and the strain and stress of you know booking Elvis into not just Vegas but all these arenas up and down America. Into yeah, it's in, there's a lot more that goes into it, isn't there? Um, yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's interesting. So we're going to go down to this one. Sort of mentor, I'd say. Yeah, that is uh, Mr. Steve Preston. Quite a lot of people will know who he is. He's um, yeah, unfortunately retired now. Yeah, he's, um, not many people make me feel short, but um, he's one of them. <laughs> he's a big guy. <laughs> yeah, and um, he was the first ever Elvis tribute I ever saw uh, back in 2007 at Burnley Mechanics. And obviously, I had that, and he was the main one I used to follow. And then I got to speak to him a couple of occasions of, um, from watching him. And then it was 2011. And um, it was his final show. And he sent me a message on Facebook asking would I like to be a part of that. And it was... And you know, when you reply and then you're waiting, you're just constantly staring at your phone for oh. like an hour. Wait to, you're like shaking. Horrible. Everybody, send yeah. Jared some emotional hearts and loves here. Come on. It's an but emotional he, uh, time. But yeah, like you say, he was the first Elvis tribute I saw. And the fact that I got to do his last ever show with him. And again, he he was one of them. And he was a mentor for a short while. You know, um, after he retired, he came to Birmingham and helped me with the competition. You know, give me some advice and what to do and did my makeup for me. And he, uh, he just, one of them. You know, where you, you look up to someone and it shows that you can do it. You know, he did it for 20 odd years, 30 years. And exactly. to be able to do that last show and for him to inspire me to become an, also an Elvis tribute I think uh, yeah it was a cool cool time so yeah I th- I'd say that was a, um, 
a good sort of part one of the podcast there. Well, this is sort of like how you got into Elvis and how you got sort of mentorship there by Mr. Preston. Uh, you are starting in the competition world. So now we're getting into sort of the nitty gritty as man and I would have said. Uh, a northwest yeah. English term for the American listeners over there. Um but yeah, I want to hear about this is it. Now this is where it gets serious. You're starting to be taken seriously in the in the competition yeah. world. Uh, but yeah, I think, believe you got third place in Brillington and now you are sort of taking it seriously. You, you I can see straight away from the images that I've got here, mate, that you even your get up's improving, you know, the yeah. the clothes, the the look of you, everything's going bigger. Yeah, absolutely. It's I think when you're surrounded by especially the guys who are like the top dogs in the business, I think that helps as well because you might see them in a certain jumpsuit and you know, they've paid like say two and a half grand for a suit. It just constantly makes you up your game because you know when you first start out it can be a bit intimidating. Um but the more you do it and obviously you want to leave that marker don't you when you've been on you want to set the bar as they say and you know it's constantly makes you improve you know to compete with these guys yeah well this is uh one of my favorite outfits that i've seen you wear as an elvis and sorry the picture's not the best quality but it's one of my favorite outfits that you wear the white tie the pink jacket yeah, uh, the guitar the big glowing elvis light bulb sound behind you was this yeah. blackburn uh, yeah, that was the show with Steve. He's, so uh, I think that's show. even. I think I took that photo on like an iPhone one. Yeah, I think you did actually. <laughs> yeah, so apologies, I'm slating the picture. I took it, but yeah, there you yeah, go. That's it. Empire Theatre in uh, Blackburn. That was taken. That was, was incredible. The first show. Yeah, that was the first theatre show I ever got to do, and the first chance as well. I got to be put on a big stage, you know. And obviously, there were like 300 people there. It's like the biggest audience I've ever sang in front of. You know, in front of to be involved in a show. Yeah, because you know, at I that point, you know, in 2011. Obviously, apart from the comps, I was still doing, like you said, the little clubs and pubs and stuff. You know, where no one's really bothered. <laughs> so to be able yep. to get that opportunity again is something I'll always thank Steve for, just to give us that. What is uh, the listeners I'm asking now? But what is your favourite outfits that uh, Elvis wore? Because I've seen many of outfits from Jared Lee, and I'll ask the question to yourself, Jared. But write in the comments, everybody, what your favourite. Uh, for people who listen to podcasts, we are live on Facebook as well. But uh, yeah, if you want to tell us what your favourite outfit is of Elvis, Jared, what's yours? Yeah, obviously through the seventies, if you look at these jumpsuits and the, the further down the seventies you go, the more elaborate they got, and then you've got you know the embroidery. But one of my favourite suits is called the prehistoric bird suit, which we will have in the comments section, so you can see that. Um, that is probably one of my favourite, and the American Eagle, of course, from the Law from Hawaii show. Uh, yeah, that's very cool. We don't have them pictures of the so we'll put them in the comments for you because yeah. I wasn't prepared for that one. I, I asked a question <laughs> I wasn't prepared for. So yeah, so you know, I've, I've enjoyed this conversation, but we'll, we'll move on swiftly because I've got another picture here, and I want you to tell me more about this one. So who is this in this picture, please? Uh, that was at Lake George Elvis Festival in uh, New in the state of New York. Um, so whoa, whoa, whoa! So, so New York now. So we're going from Wales to the east, from the <laughs> east coast of uh, England to the Wales. All the way over to New York. How did this happen, mate? Well, talk to me about this. What is what is Lake George? <laughs> so Lake George was a is an Elvis competition, and in 2012, um, it was a qualifier for the ultimate Elvis competition, which is like the biggest Elvis competition there is. Um, but it was down to my mother, and she found the competition and um, did some research on it, and then we ended up talking to someone who lives there called Debbie, and she her ancestors are from Burnley. So Hi, Debbie. He, turned into, yeah, he turned into one of them trips and we got to meet Debbie and obviously got to be a part of 
and that again is one of them Elvis competitions where everyone is absolutely lovely the staff can't do enough for you just the whole camaraderie of that whole competition and the atmosphere and you know I've, I met people back like you said 2011 was the first time I did it but obviously that picture's from 2012 but there's still people I talk to George and Barbara shout out to George and Barbara I met them in 2011 and we're still in contact to this day you know just from wow. that, me performing in New York yeah so yeah so we've gone from Wales England all the way over to New York and then obviously that seems like a massive competition but what what is it yeah. in the picture he's handing you sorry uh, that was when I won he was handing me uh, the note you know for my check yeah to receive a check and like my winner's note kind of thing wow so yeah that, a proud, so you won then you know, to go, yeah so I think obviously everyone knows I've got a northern accent obviously being from Burnley originally oh, Burnley. And, and to be go all the way like you said from there to all the way to New York to this competition yeah, it made local press I remember that yeah and I was even on the local radio as well. Yeah, you were. I even got on the, funnily enough, on the TV in New York as well. I managed to be on a news program they were doing about Lake George. So yeah, getting on local news, then getting on New York. I didn't even know about the New York news. That's news to me. Yeah. There you go. The free puns in this. Um, <laughs> but I'm asking, what was the category again? Sorry, what what category did you win over there? I was in the early years category, which is early obviously years. all. Yeah, it's 1954. I think the classic to 1968 so you got like you could do all the early stuff into the movies into the 68 comeback special that's what they class the category as and then they've got a separate category for the vegas um competitors yeah is that where you get a slot at vegas no <laughs> the, the, the way it works out there is the so you'll have the winners from each category yeah and then whoever gets the most points then gets to the ultimate i think it's whoever's got the most points over the course of the competition I think that's how it worked. Is that your biggest achievement as a tribute? Yeah, because for me, being like like I was saying about being Northern England and to go to America to portray an American man and talk in an American accent, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a bit intimidating, but it was an amazing experience and probably, like you say, one of the highlights, if not one of the best highlights of the, my career so far. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? And then, yeah. obviously... We're building up now to Bridlington, drum roll. <laughs> uh, and we've got that, that with me doing drums, not Jared, don't judge it. Um, so, yeah, we'll go, we'll go shooting over now back to Bridlington. Um, this was on the stage, I believe, at Bridlington, is that correct? Yeah, one of the biggest yeah. stages I've ever performed on. I mean, that picture, mate, is powerful. It's a great image. I mean, you must be proud of that image. Yeah, definitely. It's when I was. A lot of people know I fluctuate with weight and have weight issues, but again, it's 2012 when I won Lake Georgia, trim right down, and yeah. again, this was the same time I got back into the weight loss and trimmed down as much as I could for the comp, and the picture sort of speaks for itself, I think. What song are you singing there, Bob? Um, I did, Lordy Miss Claudia, and one night it was in the heat, in the first heat. Is that the one where it's like gritty at the beginning? One night, that one. Yeah, Simon's Elvis yeah. impression there for everyone. One night <laughs> with you, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know that song. So again, <laughs> I only know it because I'm using it. Uh, but yeah, so you've won that. That is the main competition now. So you've gone from winning yeah. sort of like a, a you know, uh, the early years, which is probably an introductory version of the competition, I imagine. Yeah. To winning on the main stage at Bridlington, which is the European Championships. Am I right? Uh, International Elvis Masters. 
to be precise. <laughs> International Elvis Masters, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, posh. <laughs> yeah, no, mate, that's incredible. Um, at the stage where you sort of started is where you've reached your sort of highlight yeah, as well. Definitely. Like you showed that picture there uh, right at the beginning. Um, the first year at Brida I ever did, what, 2010. You know, and be going there, and I've had some ups and downs at that competition where I haven't got anywhere. Didn't even get into the finals and the mid finals and things. But I always go back to the judges and ask for criticism. If this, if I were terrible, I'd rather them tell me you were terrible. You know what to work on. So every year, I always I always ask for feedback and advice. And eight years it took me to win my first English competition. You know, you've yeah, got a picture here receiving your award and what looks like a check. Yes. £2,000 of them. £2,000. So there's me, oh, wow. 2000 and <laughs> something five or something, telling you to sort your head out, get a proper job. You ain't going to make no money singing Elvis. <laughs> and then you sat there with the trophy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a cool-looking trophy. This is the one I got for winning. Because, unfortunately, I'm allowed to keep the big one. But what the cool thing was about Selfish. that... <laughs> the cool thing was about that trophy, when I went back for my showcase in uh, 2019... Like my name was engraved on there with all these ETAs from the first comp down to minor. It's quite an amazing experience. Yeah, it's a huge experience, mate. Like, how many people are in that room again? There was a lot. There, you, there's a couple of hundred. Say five, six hundred people. Yeah, yeah I thought it was. The, I, I think I remember the story of the beginning. Like, there was a thousand people initially, but you might be underselling it there, mate, because I, I, it's huge. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you, you've won that. I want to ask you because there will be. You know, just Elvis fans, there will be old ages, there will be young ages possibly listening to this, that might be Jared Warren, as you are originally, but Jared Lee in the making. They might be sat there in their bedrooms now with an older brother thinking, what are you playing at? What would you say to somebody, because you've been through the trials and tribulations, you've, you've, you know, I've seen you nearly coming out of Elvis world because of, you know, things that we won't get into, and I've seen things where you are the proudest you've ever been and, and you look fantastic and that strong image that we referred to there yeah. and uh, what would you say to a, a young Elvis that's a big fan but doesn't really have many friends to talk to about it right now and, and wants to get into the tribute world you know my advice is just to uh, add quite a few ETAs on Facebook you know um, majority of the guys are really nice really friendly like that's what I did back in 2009 I added a few Elvises on Facebook and sent my message just asking for advice or you know just sort of get to know them and that's how it started for me and just, and just ask for advice and go to the festivals because at Brid the last time I went to Brid there was a young lad there um, and he's wanting to start as an Elvis so um, he got up on the open mic you know and everyone would encourage him like I give him a hug at the end of it and like well done pal you know it takes a lot to just stand up in, in the pre-covid pre days when you could yeah, look for when you was allowed yeah but um, you know like these competitions there's always open mics at the end of that always the after show parties you know, get yourself up for them because, and ask for advice. You know, get yourself involved with the Elvis world because it is amazing. It is amazing when you're in it. It is. It certainly is, and it can open doors, opportunities, oh, uh, and incredible things to get to see. So, and then that kind of finishes your slideshow. We'll say not not your career, definitely not, but uh, your slideshow because it's now up to date with your what is current band. Yeah. Now that tell me about this band. Who's in the band? Uh, Adam is my drummer, Tom guitarist, and Billy on bass, and we will have a new keyboard player in the not too near future. It does sound like a full name, that Billy on bass. <laughs> Billy on bass. <laughs> <laughs> so That's a great name. name. 
Oh, the name Billy on Bass. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so give him a text because uh, it's a good name for him. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, it's it's incredible. So what, what are you doing with the band now? So talk to me about 2021 because, obviously, it's not, we don't know what's going to happen, do we? But what, what oh, was yeah. the plan? Um, we're supposed to start touring in February. Just go back to Scotland. And then we were supposed to go to Ireland. This year was supposed... Every year it's always got bigger, the show. Uh, better quality and, obviously, the more gigs we do get. Um, but this year was supposed to be like the big year, um, but obviously, unfortunately, due to COVID, who knows? Um, so we're hoping to get back on tour for June, between June and August, hopefully, fingers crossed. Awesome, awesome. Uh, what's your favourite Elvis song? Question from me. What's the favourite one you enjoy singing and, and what's the favourite one you enjoy listening to? At the minute, it changes every week, every day, I'll find something. Like there's one song I really like called It's Still Here, which is a Elvis played on piano. It's like a home recording. It's a beautiful song. Um, but at the minute, one of my favourite songs is a song called It's Only Love, which was originally wrote by a guy called BJ Thomas. You will know who BJ Thomas is. Raindrops keep falling on falling my head. On my head. Yeah. That's BJ Thomas. But he originally did it, I just kind of believe in as well. Uh, but I think It's Only Love, that's, that's one a of tune. my favourites at the minute. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's Only Love, that's my favourite for today. Yeah, well, my, let, let me put my spin on it. My favourite songs that I've heard you sing are mm-hmm. Unchained Melody. Yeah, I love that song. Because of the guitar... No, sorry, the guitar. Rewind that a bit. Because of the piano um, bit where you, you, you proper go for it. Now, I've seen, seen you sing this, and this was our grandparents' wedding song. It was, yeah. So it's obviously... You can feel that emotion when you sing it, and I can see your hair, and you, you obviously you're interpreting, <laughs> interpret, uh, interpreting Elvis, and your hair's yeah. flicking, and you're sweating, and you're, and you're proper going for it, probably channeling that emotion from knowing it's your grandparents' song, and I, I, I really love it when you sing that song. There is one more though, and the other song that I really enjoy you singing is American Trilogy. Now I've never heard that song again. Still, never heard it on the radio. Never heard it other than you singing it, yeah. uh, unless you're playing it to me. But when you sing that song, the 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 range that's in that song is is one thing in it. But it's sort of like it's such a powerful song. And considering I don't even know what the hell it's on about, but it's a <laughs> great song. So yeah, what what is it on about? It's uh, three songs in one, which is uh, Dixieland, All My Trials, and uh, Glory Glory Hallelujah. It was originally, the original thing of Trilogy was, uh, it was a Confederate song in the Civil War. Um, I've listened I've listened to a version of the original song and uh, you won't be able to play it these days, that's all I'm saying. Uh, there's a few um, different choices of language, uh, to say the least, in that. Um, but yeah, it's, it was done quite a few times by other artists as well, but and you can't beat Elvis's version, just everything he put into that song. Um, it's just... I'm singing it as well again like another song I love singing is If I Can Dream that's one of them songs you can't not sing them but feel emotion and I think especially with every, the way the world is at the minute Elvis did that in Ooh, 1968 like Elvis did that in 1968 but that song means just as much today as it did all them years ago which which words in particular? Not If I Can Dream just the whole song you know like all my brothers walk hand in hand um, you know, if I can dream of a better land, you know, the, you listen to, if you read the words, you know, the significance with everything what's going on, especially at the minute, like I say, you know, it stands out. 
Yeah, it absolutely does. And and you know, we're in, we're in a different time now and hopefully one day we will be able to walk hand in hand and not COVID restricted and distanced and yeah, we can see each other and support each other. And that's what this podcast is being about. It's about supporting the um the Elvis community, talking to the Elvis community. Uh, and episode one is just get to know your horse don't get me wrong but it is going to grow into episode two to six for season one where hopefully our lockdown will be finished then and if you love it uh we'll, we'll continue into season two but um yeah the, it's been great to sort of recap with you and uh, refresh my memory of things and uh tell yeah. stories of me falling over at birmingham to <laughs> to you lifting trophies at Bridlington. So from yeah. Birmingham to Bridlington, yeah, that's a good little catch there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been incredible, mate. You've had a great career, and uh, I don't know if you want to talk about anything else in your career, but... Uh, no, just going back to what you said about Unchained Melody, though. Oh, yeah. Um, good song. Yeah, that... Because I've obviously sang it quite a few times, and obviously, like you said, the emotion I feel is one of them songs where no matter... How much I sing it, it'll never grow old for me. And I think, like mm. you say, because of the... What, what I didn't realise going back to that song, that was the song I sang in the final at Bridlington. Elvis sang... That was one of the last songs Elvis sang the night before he died in 1977. And he did a song called Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain, Unchained Melody. And before, long before I even started singing that song, I've got a tattoo on my arm, which is I'll be coming home wait for me, out of Unchained Melody, um, which I got um, not long after Nana passed away. Uh, obviously, while Grandad was still alive, and it was like a, a significant yeah, like, tribute coming on, wait for me. Yeah, um, loves a tribute, does Jared? <laughs> I do. I'm an emotional man. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then you look at how that song's come about, and like you say, it was Nan and Grandad's wedding song, and all the partly significant moments in my life. That song has appeared somewhere, and lo and behold, I managed to sing it in the final, and I, that wasn't even the original song I was going to do. Sort of D track a bit, but one of my friends rang me. Uh, Kev, shout out to Kev King, Elvis Tribute himself. He rang me because I was originally going to do a song called How Great Thou Art. Like Elvis loved mm. gospel music. You know, we'll do an episode on Elvis gospel. And he he come downstairs in his house and he went, what are you going to sing in the final? Cause when he rang me, uh, I said, uh, How Great Thou Art. He went, I think you should do Unchained Melody. I said, why? He's like, well, I come downstairs and my iPad was open. There was a video of you playing singing Unchained Melody. So I'm using that as a sign. He said, you've got to do it. He said, take your time, you know, take your time for it, whatever. Extend it if you have to. So I took every piece of advice Kev gives them it, and lo and behold, I managed to pick up that trophy. That's incredible. That I did not know that story. What a story that yeah. is. That's something you should have probably told us when we were asking the story. I know, I did. it's just come to me now. As, cause, like, when I sent you sort of a bit of my time, like, uh, time hop, sorry, of um, my career so far, like, you forget about certain points until you're writing it yeah. down and it all comes back yeah it's difficult isn't it and, and what a great story that is um, yeah. what was his name again sorry there Kev King Kev King Kev King I oh, love the, the Kev King. <laughs> it's all weird isn't it that they're all called King and, and stuff um, oh, mental yeah I'm Memphis King <laughs> yeah who were the one I always say who, who I liked saying um, oh what did I call you all the time Bilvis that were my yeah, fa- one of my favourites Bilvis <laughs> I don't know yeah, the guy. I've never heard the guy sing. I don't even know if he's a, if he's a tribute artist. But I heard that someone called that once. I thought that were <laughs> yeah, simple that but effective. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it says on the tin. Does, does certainly does. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. I, 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 I'd like to say, you know, I'm proud of you, Jared. You've done really well. You've done oh, incredible true. things. You know, you're only 28 years old. Elvis lives on. 
uh, within you, born 1993 uh, on January the 8th, sharing a birthday, which I think is an incredible omen, um, in, in terms of how weird that is that you you fell in love with Elvis. There's no Elvis background in our family. No one listens to Elvis in our no, family. Definitely not. And you share a birthday with the king himself. And I think that's a incredible irony. So you can get us on Apple Podcasts, everybody. Also on Podbean. This will be released every Friday for the next six weeks. And then if you're enjoying it, please let me know. And like you say, we can carry on for possibly a season two. And we will also be live on Facebook. Sundays at 6 p.m. with a live premiere of the podcast. So, you know, please do come on there at Jared Lee Live on Facebook and uh, let us know what you think of the podcast as well. So, again, Simon, thank you very much for doing this for us and uh, being a part of the show. No, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. It's incredible. Keep showing your support, get the comments in, let everybody know that you're enjoying it. Yeah, definitely. So, without further ado, everyone, stay safe, look after yourselves. Thank you very much, and I'll see you very soon.